Hi, and welcome to Season 2 of Big Sound Small Town, the podcast that spotlights the talented and diverse musicians in small towns and communities. This season, we're branching out to include the community of people who make it possible for musicians to be able to perform their music. The producers, the recording engineers, the venue owners, and many others. And as always, the small town musicians. Remember, small town doesn't mean small talent. Hear their stories.
great. Today on Big Sound Small Town, we're in the Earl Scruggs Center, and I'm with the Executive Director of the Earl Scruggs Center, Mary Beth Martin, and I am with Chris Dedman, the banjo player for Dirty Grass Soul. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. That's a pretty good intro. Oh, I, I appreciate it. I guess it's fitting to do a Earl Scruggs song in a, the Earl Scruggs Center. It is. That, that song was the first time I ever heard it. I knew that was, that was the first one I ever wanted to learn. It, it was because of the, key, uh, the tuners being turned down. It was. Yeah. I just thought as a, as a kid starting out, I thought that was the coolest thing. It is the coolest thing. Get up there on those tuners. <laughs> it is probably the coolest thing that ever happened to banjo. It, I, mean, I mean, it really is. It is. But uh, now, anyway, I'm glad to be here and thank y'all for having me. Well, we're glad to have you. All right. Did you start as a banjo player? Uh, I didn't actually. I, I guess looking back uh, about my brother and I were around music, you know, sort of our whole our whole lives and uh, we would, but we had never played it. You know, we, we started out, we would go to our grandparents and usually on Saturday night or whatever, they would have the Gaither gospel hour or whatever. And yeah. so we were around music that way and through church, you know, the the choir and everything, hearing that on Sundays and that sort of thing. But we had never, you know, we grew up on a farm there together and everything. Right. But I guess around the time I was in, say, fifth or sixth grade, uh, I decided to, that I wanted a guitar. And so uh, they got me a guitar and so, uh, at the time they lined me up to take lessons from Dan X Padgett. Yeah. And so I started out down there and uh, he started teaching me, you know, the basic tabs and right. the basics on the guitar. But I always remembered he would come in there and I would always see him with his banjo. And he would, when I would go to my lesson, be, you know, messing around on his, his banjo, banjo before we started. And uh, so I guess I kept going there for a while, but I would always just get back to Mr. Padgett's banjo. And when I got to where I could play, you know, on the guitar a little bit, you know, just I would want him to play along with you uh, on the banjo. On the banjo. So, oh, yeah. So finally, I guess it just came about. He said, you know, you ought to try the banjo. And uh, so they got, they surprised me one Christmas with my first banjo. And so I took it to Mr. Padgett and started taking lessons. How old would you have been then by the time you got the banjo? I was probably around 11 or 12. And uh, anyway, started started taking with him and I just knew that, that it just it. felt right, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, at so. that point, were you playing any with your brother or just playing on your own? We did, we always, you know, Kevin, he started, you know, on the fiddle right. early on, and but then he started playing the guitar. Right. And I wanted something, you know. So he could of, back you up on the guitar. Right, and that's sort of something that, uh, when he started playing guitar and he's older, so he was starting to play out a little bit, you know. Uh, that was something that banjo worked, fitted good for me because right. he was on the guitar and so I could do stuff on the banjo and we could play together. And uh, so we would do a lot of stuff at home, you know, at that point when I was first starting, I would, you know, still take lessons from Mr. Padgett and then we, when I would go home, we would pick around together. Do you remember when you first played out, the first live place you played? Uh, I started, Kevin at the time was, he was playing fiddle for a group, and uh, I think it was at the Alzai venue there. Yeah, at the yeah. time, it was the Alzai, and uh, 
they got me up to play. And they would get me, I would play like one song there, but we're going to get little brother Chris up here to, to play one with us. Yeah, I remember seeing shows do, do, like that. Do you remember who that who was that band was or who was in that band? It was, it was the Upton Brothers yes, and my brother. I knew it was, but we were going there with that. Yeah. So right. that's a pretty good place to start. I kind of want to dig into your history a little bit. You know, I know you play with your brother a lot, but is that a family tradition for you? Do you have a musical family? You know, what are some of those early influences uh we like i said we were around music but as far as like playing out or playing an instrument you know that's sort of it's wild how that worked out but that's sort of something kevin kevin and i yeah so uh, it started with the two of you yeah yes and so, so were you listening to were you listening what kind of music were you listening to during that time i mean even though even though it's a rural sitting that you're in i'm sure at your age that uh Bluegrass wasn't something you were hearing all the time, was it? It wasn't, and I guess, which we've always, like I said, we grew up with our grandparents there across the hayfield on the cattle farm, and so I guess we had a lot of music we listened to, but I loved, like, I loved everything, but I was more just country music, and right. I loved Marshall Tucker. I remember, yeah. you know, those were sort of the style I liked, and that's kind of, Cool how Dirty Grass Souls turned out because it's sort of we mixed a lot of that it with is. bluegrass roots and sort of the Marshall Tucker style stuff too and Southern Rock as well. So were you? But you were aware of Earl Scruggs early in your life, right? Oh, yeah. absolutely. I, he I, mean, was, I guess once you touched the guitar, you knew exactly. Well, I guess if you heard that from the beginning, you knew who it was. Right. Well, and that goes back to when I started going to Mr. Paget. You know, he would tell me all those old stories of him going to Nashville back right. in those days and I was sort of fascinated that's when it bluegrass really kicked in yeah so when did you move to the point of um did you play out with anybody before you on your own before you decided to start working with your brother and doing dirty grass soul well actually you know and another thing I I was in the orchestra you know, I got in the, I started at middle school in the school orchestra. But you didn't play banjo in the orchestra. No, absolutely. I played the, the bass okay. in the orchestra. And yeah. that was another cool thing uh, growing up, you know, musical yeah. influence. We got to do a lot of cool things. Uh, by the time we got to high school, you know, they, we got to, I was on one of the trips to Carnegie Hall, right. you know, and we got to go to New York. Sure. We got to go to Florida with that one time, which as a kid, that was just awesome with our buddies. That's together. also a part that people miss a lot of times is a lot of musicians have a background, not particularly in their, what they're playing in, but you have a music background from going, being in orchestra, learning to read music. You know, that's a totally, totally different thing than banjo. It is, and like I say, that was a, that was a big influence, you know, getting to do that yeah. and all the cool stuff. Would that have been, when you were there, was that a Champney? It was okay. John Champney. Yeah. Do Do you find that anything you learned during your days in orchestra, I mean, obviously influenced your music, but influences your style today? Uh, yes. It just, like I say, just we we got to play all kind of cool stuff, and I guess we didn't just Mr. Champney. He was the we we didn't just play your traditional orchestra stuff. He would like at special events, you know, work in for the kids to get to play. Oh, did Mark Wood come during your time? He did. That was that was another cool thing. Yeah. You know, Kevin, I think, was in the high school orchestra at the time, and I might have been just starting at the middle school. Right. So it sort of 
we all got to meet him and that was another cool yeah, thing. Yeah, that kind of puts it in a rock and roll vein, I guess, too. So that's pretty cool. It does. And I guess a lot of our writing in uh, Dirty Grass Soul is sort of based on, you know, our family roots and stuff and uh, sort of the roles like when we're not playing music. Right. You know, the the family and the hard working right. roots that we come from. And, and Sundrop drinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we love Sundrop. <laughs> I think all banjo players do. But <laughs> from Cleveland County for sure. <laughs> sure. You have to. Yeah, yeah you do. But uh, so, so when did you decide that uh, you were going to be a musician? Besides being a farmer, I know you're always going to be a farmer, but when did you decide that this is what I'm going to do, you know? Uh, I guess along about the time, you know, I, I kept, and that's something that was cool about when I started learning, say, from Mr. Padgett, I, I was doing the traditional bluegrass, like learning those right. those yeah. songs, all year old, Fireball Mill, yeah. uh, Shucking Corn, those style of songs. Right. Well, those sort of shaped me to where when we started when I started playing with Dirty Grass Soul and doing different stuff, right. that I, I sort of took what I had learned and tried to shape it into something different with us as well. And uh, I start I knew, you know, as soon as I stepped on the stage that first time, that you know, was, it, it was a special feeling. Was that your first time really playing out big with anybody was with Dirty Grass Soul? It was. Uh, it started, you know, I guess about the time I got to the high school age, I would go on the weekends. Uh, my brother was in college at State at the time, and they would they may play in Raleigh at the Berkeley Cafe. Right. I, I specifically remember that. That was probably my first like job, job with him. That I look back to uh, in Raleigh, the Berkeley Cafe. I would go, and they would they would say, "All right, we're gonna get Chris up," and I would have like a couple songs worked out, and Dirty Grass Soul would would play. And I remember at the time that feeling like I was in high school, but I was in this college, <laughs> you know, bar packed out. Sure. It was just a, a special feeling. And so I did that, you know, throughout my high school years, just every weekend going, uh, I would go get up with Dirty Grass Soul for a couple songs at that point, you know, and then I would get down. But that I knew after that first time getting up with them that I, That's what you I loved mean. it. Okay, I guess that uh, basically your style. I mean, I mean, you're schooled in the in the Scrug style, right? Now, how does that translate over to say uh, the South's going to do it again? I mean, I mean, what, what do you have to do differently for that? Uh, just sort of, I just sort of let the music. I just, you know, let the music do the talking and just try to go with the flow and just get the feeling it and uh, so that scrug style plays through everything you do doesn't it? it does and that's something i'm i'm proud of you know is i try to take that style and implement it into something sure that nobody would would picture it in you know well if you look back on the circle records you can see right. that he's playing a vast style you know different styles of music all the way back then and uh, when it was the oral scrugs review Right, and, and you know, there's a quote in one of our films downstairs in our exhibits where someone asks Earl, where do you think the banjo is going to go? And he says that he hopes that it never ends, that it continues to evolve and change. And so, you know, there are musicians like you who are taking it and doing different things with it. Sure. That makes you an artist, so. Well, something. It's certainly fun to watch unfold as, as you, you know, get older in your career. Right, well, it's, 
something, you know, I remember even Mr. Padgett, you know, telling me one time, he said, uh, he said, you know, guitar players are a dime a dozen, but he said he wanted me to sort of take that tradition. They are. And the heritage, you know, he looked at it like heritage. He said he wanted, you know, he said take that banjo on and, and keep it alive, you know. Our Cleveland County heritage. Exactly, well, and that's what you're doing. Well, speaking of that Cleveland County heritage, you know, you, you talked about Dan X. Paget. Are there any other musicians here in Cleveland County that have had a, a major influence on you? Whether they may not be banjo players, but that you might look up to or maybe have mentored you. Right. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I was talking earlier about like Buster Kendrick. Yes, Buster. He, uh, this last banjo I got, I acquired from him and. Uh, Tell, we, us some, tell us about that banjo. Uh, this is an ode. It's a, around the 1980s model. And uh, anyway, I saw it, you know, Buster had it on Facebook or whatever. And I reached out to him and it worked out that I could, he arranged for a time for me to come look at it. And I knew just when you open the case and uh, look, it just, it was in like mint condition. And he told me the year it was. And uh, he told me the story like it had been under somebody's bed they bought it new back then and it had been under somebody's bed you know up until they sort of passed away right. and then buster acquired it and uh so he as i was visiting with him it was just awesome to hear all the cool tales yeah buster him. has a great story i mean he really does he does and he's a, he is a true cleveland county uh gym himself he is and i was glad to, to get to you know, acquire that banjo from him, but. Are you gonna play that banjo? I, I believe I will. All right, just play it for us while we're, we'll continue to talk about how Earl Scruggs. Yeah, or, or tell us about, about the banjo a little bit, yeah. since our listeners can't, can't see it. Yeah, it's not a visual, I'm sorry. Right, this is a, what I liked about it, uh, this one here is gold plated. And uh, I mean, I'd always thought that was cool and and wanted one like that so that was something that stood out to me when i saw it on facebook was it is i mean it's it's beautiful but uh anyway yeah it's got a uh the first time i picked on it i knew it, it just had that unique tone to it too Thank you. I, like I say, I just have always loved sort of the older stuff, and when right. I just think the '70s and '80s stuff you can't go wrong with any time. But well, that's uh, you don't play it out, though, do you? Uh not much. This is sort of my. I keep this one. And try home. to keep it clean, and <laughs> this is my sitting at home banjo. Yeah, the other one looks like a road banjo. It is this one. It's got a pickup on it. It does that one. This is actually my. Gibson RB250 model and uh, it's around a late 70s model and uh, 
I remember my papa, he got this one for me, Papa Roy there. Uh, I, as I mentioned earlier, I got my first banjo for Christmas. It was sort of more of a, a starter banjo, like a stag right. is the, what it was. And so after I got the playing a little while and started getting up on stage, uh, they, they surprised me with this one. And so it's been my, I guess, show banjo ever since. And what do you play that through? Uh, I play it through an orange amp, and I know everywhere we play, I get, you know, I get comments on that. They're like, it's wild seeing it. Never thought I'd see an orange amp uh, with a banjo playing sure, through it. It's so. a rock and roll amp. <laughs> it is. I, that's what it is. So. I guess rock and roll banjos. Do you do you run effects on that when you do that? I mean, do you have a pedal board? I do. I use a, <laughs> I do use a pedal board, and it, you know, that works good for the, I guess, different style songs we're playing. We might go from playing uh, a bluegrass style song to uh, Ozzy Osbourne right, or something, exactly. you know, something, the, something you'd never expect the banjo to be on. What's but. in that pedal board? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, well, I've got a volume pedal and, of course, my right. tuner, and I've got, like, you know, other effects, you know. A phaser, like, right. Right, yeah, and, and a boost on it, yeah. so yeah. That, that works good for, you know, what I do. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, it does, I'm sure. Uh, that's a pretty different setup, no doubt. It is, but another thing, you know, musical, I guess, how music's played a big role in my life was just all the cool people we get to meet. Yeah. You know, I... I can't say enough, you know, we just love the people we would have never got to meet or meet, you know, without music and uh, reaching out. Give us some examples. So who are some of those folks who you've met that you didn't think you'd have well, the opportunity to? Well, just, I guess as far as just people that come, you know, there's so many people that come in and out and uh, we just appreciate them each and every week when we're playing shows, you know, they might, wherever we're at, follow us, you know, and. The, that Spartanburg area, that upstate of South Carolina, sure. all those folks have just been awesome to us, the upstate there, and, and supported us. And Also, I know you've met people like Charlie Daniels and... Oh, absolutely. That, as far as getting to play with people, yeah. you know, that's, that's another thing. That's just, we've got to meet so many. It's just such a cool feeling getting to say we've shared the stage with somebody. You know, to us, Charlie Daniels is a hero, you know, and a legend to us. So yeah yeah um, a fellow north carolinian he, he is. is yes he is yeah well that's your brother told me that uh that was a dream come true for him uh oh, because he told me that was the one the whole reason he was even in the orchestra so he said he said i'll do the orchestra but you got to teach me um you know south's going to do it again or you know you got to teach me how to play that and i'll play your classical stuff for you it is and, <laughs> and i knew just from you know, him being a fiddle player, it was just so cool getting to see when we got on stage, you know, we've actually got to play with him twice now. Oh, really? We played with him in Forest City first, yeah. and then we got to play here in, in Shelby with him right. the second time, but it was a cool... You ever play with any other banjo players that you think is... You probably don't cross their paths what you do, do you? It, it you know, it, it hasn't been as much, you know, that we were talking about that the other day, uh, like we played on a cruise, you know, and I was sort of the the only banjo player on it, so, you know. And, and I'm willing to bet that uh, you're the only banjo player who's ever gone through the suck, bang, blow. You know? <laughs> right, right. It's a, it's a bar in, it's, this is a bar in. In Merle's Inlet. In Merle's Inlet, <laughs> a biker bar, so. Oh, it, it's always a, a good time down there. Yeah, I'm sure. Good. Actually, you know, we didn't know, you know, going down there that how 
I guess our first time what it would be like at Sutbang Globe, but those people actually, we played down there and, and took to us and supported us and we've made a lot of good friends down there. But uh, I know there's, other than Charlie Daniels, there's just been so many cool people. Like we got to play with Confederate Railroad oh, yeah. a while back and, and we got to play with a lot of cool acts on this. We got to play on a cruise. Yeah, tell us about the cruise. Oh, it, we're back with Chris Dedman and he's telling us about going on a cruise it is that was a this was actually I'd never been at sea so I I sort of didn't know what to expect you know you hear all those stories about people getting seasick and everything and it just turned out to be an awesome experience do you uh, remember what acts were, were on the cruise beside you oh, guys? just just once again just very humbling to get to play with such cool acts like the first day was Ronnie Millsap kicked oh, off the off the cruise and I just remember standing there watching him and all the history with like him. Like a legend. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to take it in and, you know, because you never know somebody like him how many times 
True. With him getting up in his yeah, age. It, Is he not coming for something here? No, it wasn't too long after that cruise that he came to Shelby yeah. for our Remembering Earl right. concert that we do every year. So, right. so it wasn't awesome. too long after that yeah. he was here. And there was a Ronnie Millsap and another person we hit it off good and sort of by the end of the cruise kind of made friends with was Neil McCoy. Oh, uh, yeah. He oh, turned yeah. out to be, I mean, he's just an awesome guy. He's, he likes to cut up and he'd keep us laughing. And uh, there were just so many cool acts. Uh, Montgomery Gentry, of course. Uh, uh, Eddie Montgomery, you know, was there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Kevin and I got to go. We actually got to go hear his concert that the last night oh, okay. of the cruise, and it was just an awesome, awesome experience. You going to do another one this year? We are. They they immediately uh, they were good to us, and uh, we just had a blast. And they immediately have contacted us back, so we're going to get to go on the next yeah, country cruise. That's great. That's great. You know who's going to be on this one? You don't yet, do you? Uh, not yet. Uh, they're still sort of, there's a lot of good acts. I know they're, they're sort of booking, but it's. And I'm taking it there again. You were the only banjo player on the boat. I was. <laughs> I, and that was, you know, I was glad to, to get to try to give them some banjo. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, um, when I've been around bluegrass musicians, you know, of course, like jamming yeah. is really important. You know, they're always getting together and picking and doing things like that. Do you see that on like the cruise ship when you have more country acts? Do people get together and jam a lot or? Oh, absolutely. Oh, good. They do, uh, you know, it's just sort of getting together and, and sort of fellowshipping. And uh, I guess it's so cool meeting, just make all the new friends we made. and. Like, I noticed it was cool, the support. Like, we would go, like, uh, Chad Bushnell, somebody from, he's a singer out of California. And it was just, you, it blew our mind just getting to meet somebody and make friends with somebody that far away from California. And uh, so the support, like, when we would play, we would try to go hear him. Right. Or he would be at our show. And then Dustin Sonye, uh another act, we would go see him and they would support us. It was just... It was awesome. That's good. That's 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 a different part. I mean, not a lot of banjo players, well, other than bluegrass cruises, I guess. Yeah. You know. Well, so. I bet in a in a jam session on the country cruise, I, I bet you're kind of a hot commodity. They always want you to jump in. Oh, I, <laughs> I tell you, we it's just fun, you know, just hearing how they're what the different styles are, even of yeah. country music, and getting to try to chime in and play with them. So. It's an awesome experience. Did y'all have a lot of people come out to your shows too? We did. We were, we were very blessed, and and uh, it's crazy, sort of how that became about. Uh, there's so many people after the cruise that have reached out to us and sort of started following our music and from around. Right. That's what's so neat about that cruise. It's you were meeting people that it wasn't just like people going on a cruise. It was everybody on the cruise sort of was there because they had a love and passion for hearing music, right. live music. Mm -hmm. That is pretty cool. So what does the future hold for you guys? Uh, we, we're, 2020 is looking to be a, a good year for us. Like I said, we've got uh, the cruise coming up and here in a, a few weeks, we're going out to Daytona, Florida. Yeah. We're gonna be playing some shows down there. and During, during race week? During bike week. Yeah, oh, during bike week, okay. Right, I think we're gonna play with Confederate Railroad down there again, so we've got some, looking forward to what 2020 has in store. We got a new project coming out anytime soon? We do, we're, we're fixing to get back in the studio. This is sort of our 
time of year we usually try to do that. And so I think we're gonna try to get in the studio and get some new material down That's good. here soon. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Well, speaking of new material, do you have any songs that you've written or anything like that you'd like to share with us? I do, and I brought it. I brought a couple of our CDs, you know, with uh, with uh, songs that I have, you know, put banjo on. And the first one right here, uh, "Home Is On The Highway," that's uh, track one okay. off of uh, our album, "The Long Way," and uh, that was sort of a rift. And I'll, uh, yeah. I can pick you the riff. Sure, yeah. And then later on, if you want to. Yeah, I'll put it in in the show where they can hear it. But yeah, I'd love to hear it live. But it, it started out, I was just sort of at home, and uh, I had this riff stuck in my head that, that I loved. And just like when, a lot of times when we would get together and play, Kevin and I, it would be on Sunday afternoon after church, after lunch, we would just get our banjo and guitar out and sort of just right. pick around. Yeah. For some reason, I always kept coming back to this loop. This I kept just going back to that lick right there that that I love that I just enjoyed playing it and like right. the way it sound. Well, uh, said so one day Kevin said I'm a I like that. He said keep playing that. I'm gonna put the guitar with it. Right. And uh, that's a lot of what we do with Dirty Grass Soul was I sort of came up with that started playing that lick. Well, then he put guitar to it and he put lyrics to it and then we put. Then Lance we, comes in and you put out a pedal steel and drum. Lance like. did, and then the next thing you know, Dirty Grass Soul, we take it and they we push it, you know, and it turns into a driving song. And uh, so that's sort of how that song came about. And uh, there's a couple on this CD, uh, Benja songs, Money, Money Ain't Nothing But A Thing. That's another one, you know, that is very banjo heavy off of this album. And uh, it's sort of, Kevin and I, we both, we loved Hank 3, you know. Yeah. He had some awesome material like banjo picking, just, yeah, yeah. just like to keep the pedal down yeah, style so playing. And uh, Money Ain't Nothing But A Thing, I think you can it's definitely. kind of like that, kind of a Hank, Hank the Third influence. You can definitely see that influence in that one. So, uh, and and then we move on to, we've got our, our the last album we came out with, uh, New Day of Work mm -hmm. is the name of it. and. Uh, New Day of Works, a song, uh, sort of, about our, you know, for our fans. A lot of our fans are just good, hardworking people, and it's just very humbling when they come out and support right. us, you know, with their time and hard-earned money. So basically, you wrote that for them? We did, and, and for our papa, who's, yeah. Kevin wrote it for our papa, who was, uh, he's 90-something years old, and just seeing him after our grandmother passed away, feeding the cows and just keeping on working, that's sort of where that the background of that song but uh we've got another one on here uh moving on is another banjo heavy Maybe. song on here sure i'll cue those up for everybody and uh we'll give them a listen right absolutely we we appreciate it well i know you're a busy guy and i appreciate you coming uh mary beth you got anything else you would like to ask no, no more questions. Just want to say that it's always great to have a young banjo player come into the Earl Scruggs Center and wants to build upon the traditional style of playing and do something new with it and, and really just kind of carry on that tradition of innovation. It's, it's fun to watch. So thank you. Oh, oh thank you. And I appreciate y'all having me on here. And it's been an honor to be here and get to. Will you take us out with something? I will.
about a boy named Tim. He grew up across town from where Tina did. Well, now the men get.